Thank you for joining me. Another conversation, quick hits. Based on the last one we just had, we would like to talk about how do you manage self-doubt? How do you make it useful? How do you manage it? Rolly, start us off. Uh, the, the previous conversation was, I've got this, this burden and, and how do I overcome it? And, and for me, it's actually just to sense checking it. And sometimes that could just be just going and doing it uh, a bit like this conversation right now. Um, Self-doubt, can I do one of these calls? Well, let's just go and do it and see how it goes. And, and it's been an amazing experience. Um, and I think for me, certainly just taking the time to sense check that and, and not give in to that dark monster, but see the light and go, actually, I can do a Zoom call. I can have a conversation with three other people about something fairly serious and share my experience. Actually, let's give it a go. And something as, as simple as that can put that self-doubt into perspective. And, and that's how I try and deal with uh, self-doubt personally. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what everybody else's experiences of that are in your, in your, in your life, your working life or otherwise. I think there are points that there's a, there's a, an amount of self-doubt. We were talking earlier in a previous conversation about where the sweet spot of, of enough, but not too much self-doubt is. There's a point when it becomes too much, when it actually cripples mm. the individual's ability to act. And the, the challenge then is to find the question that allows you to go ahead anyway, to have the doubt and still step into the unknown. Um, my drop dead question for, that I would use for myself and, and frequently do is, you know, who dies? What's the worst that can happen in this mm -hmm. circumstance? Mm -hmm. So I, I doubt if I can ski down a mountain. If, if I can't, I'm going to fall over. I might break my leg. That's the worst that's going to happen. Maybe I'll die. That's not the end of the world. It's the end of me, but that's okay. The, the issue is if there's, enough, if there's enough doubt about my ability or my strength or my stamina or whatever, I won't start. Mm -hmm. But if the answer to the question is what's, to, uh, the, question, what's the worst that can happen is I never pick up the guitar and play in public because I had doubt about whether I could put three chords together. Nobody's going to die. It's the, the guitar just sits in the corner. Mm. gathering dust as it in fact is because i've never actually managed to learn but i so you, there is that what's the worst that can happen if i do it i have a question so we're talking about how to manage self-doubt and the thing for me is if i try something and i fail how do i keep that failure from putting evidence to my self-doubt saying nope you can't do that and building on that self-doubt to be able to try again what does that look like well, first off, how did you decide you failed? Right. I mean, what is your criteria for success or failure? And often the reason that I hesitate is I put such a high bar that, man, there's no way I can get that bar. But that's not actually where I need to be this time around. How about I lower that bar, which feels wrong in so many ways. <laughs> but knowing that it's not a one-off. If I only ever have one chance, then yeah, I'm going to go do a bunch of stuff behind the scenes before I ever show up in public to do that one thing. But, you know, I have lots of opportunities to redo and, you know, we have a video. We shot a video. I'm not happy. Maybe I don't post it. Okay, I'll keep practicing. So figuring out what your ultimate level of success is versus what does it need to be right now? Mm. Think about this. Think about this as, as an example. And this isn't about self-doubt so much as about learning and how we learn everything as humans. When we were kids, we couldn't walk. 
we might crawl, we might stumble around the furniture, propping ourselves up. And at one point or another, we launched ourselves across the room and our proud parents gave us a round of applause. If we fell on our ass, which we did, they didn't send us back saying this one doesn't work. They said, come on, try it again, try it again, try it again. They encouraged us to try again until we could walk. Mm. And before you know it, we're not thinking about walking, we're just doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's how, as humans, we learn everything. So when we have doubt about our ability to do something, and we test that ability, and we, we don't succeed 100%, that's just the first step across the living room when, you, when you're used to crawling. Mm. And if you decide that, you know, doesn't work, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it away. You're letting yourself stop before you've completed the learning process. Mm. So what you're saying, I think, Steve, is that don't use the fall down when you're trying to learn to walk as evidence that you can't walk. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you can now. And, and actually that goes on then a bit to actually listing down what you've been successful at or, or doing and, and uh, again, just doing something as simple. And I was reminded of this again in the same conversation this morning. Do a, do a SWOT analysis on yourself. Yeah. Who's actually done, yeah. done that on a bit of paper? Mm -hmm. Take a, a piece of paper out the printer, fold it in four, SWOT, and give yourself a quick, quick swat. Yeah. All the stuff on the left-hand side is what you, is your walk. Oh, I can walk, I can run. Okay, whatever. I can do a set of accounts. I can. Roly, say what and, the SWOT stands for. So people. Uh, uh, SWOT stands for strengths and weaknesses. And that's typically internal, what you or you, what you've already done. And opportunities and threats are external or what you want to achieve or what you still need to go and do. So it's future looking. I feel for me that those are easier to do when I talk to somebody because I'm so hard on myself. Um, my, my strengths list is like this. My weakness list is like that if I just talk to myself. Hmm. If you turn around, you'll see that your strengths list includes three very um, impressive diplomas right behind your head in this call. And the proof of at least one direction or one little avenue of your learning Mm. alongside all the other stuff that I know you've done over your life right. is right there to prove it for you. Mm. And self-doubt, which is what we're talking about, is what would make me say, well, don't confuse the situation with the facts because mm. how I feel and what the evidence shows in my head are completely different mm. things. I think that's true for a lot of people. And I, you know, I've gotten better at it as I've gotten older and, and more mature in my, my life. But I think that that's part of what we're talking about is that self-doubt evidence may not matter. So here's the fun one. If you were to list your strengths, and even if you only come up with one or two, compare and contrast where you are now in that area with where you started. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and how much you've grown over time and, and, and even where you have failed, self-doubt and failed, what have you learned from that? Mm -hmm. And what would you not do next time? If you've still learned something. I think we need to, I, I, I feel that there's a need to distinguish between self-doubt and, um, I'm not quite sure of the right term, but sticking power, say. Mm -hmm. Like resilience? Resilience, but, but, but I think, you know, just sticking with something. I tried it, it didn't work. I'm shit at that, pardon me. Grit. Grit. Really yeah, do you mean grit, almost, in many grit. ways? 
Yeah, great in, in a way. I mean, think about a sport. I mean, Robert and I both played volleyball at a fairly high level. When we were first handed a ball and told, right, you know, um, this is what you do, we couldn't do it mm-hmm. straight away. We had to learn. But the thing is, if you if you do something and it hurts and you think, well, I'm not doing that again, you stop. But if you do something and it hurts and you think, well, I'm probably not doing it right, I'll do it better next time, mm-hmm. then you stick with it. And I'm wondering whether self-doubt kind of stops you from being that grit, having that grit, having that resilience, having that sticking power. So circling back to the how, one of the ideas that came up here is I've heard it from Tim Ferriss in the context of fear setting. Essentially, taking what Steve said earlier about what's the worst case scenario, but then doing that one little what? anything can I do to minimize, mitigate, reduce that risk in any way, shape, or form? Mm-hmm. So getting back that self-efficacy so that, yes, I can do something about this, even if it's small. Okay, let's go do something. Yeah. I, an, I passed an exam when I was in college because I looked at the question and I was like, I have no idea what the answer is, but I'm going to try and do some stuff and maybe I'll get some partial credit. And it was a, a thing I had to balance each side. And I just started doing a little bit. And then I finally was like, that's all I can do. I don't know what else to do with this. And I looked at it and realized, oh, it balances. It works. So to your point, Wayne, if, if you have sell doubt, try. I mean, you might get some partial credit at least. And you might surprise yourself and actually get 100%. Yeah. And yeah. if and going back to something I heard indirectly, maybe the only way that you fail is by not learning from the situation. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's all the time we have. I have to cut you guys off there. I'm so sorry. Thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. Quick hits. It's been a great time as always. I'll talk to you all again soon. Have a good day. Thanks guys. See you Bye. soon.